Welcome to the Good Gut Feelings Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Karitsis, and together we are building a community of women who are all here to celebrate their evolution. We're chatting about all things Good Gut Feelings, which started with literal gut issues and IBS, hello my hot girls with stomach issues, and has evolved into self-discovery, embodiment, alignment, and so, so much more, all while being a little selfish along the way. Stay tuned as we are exploring the ways to step into your absolute favorite self, you know, like informed by your highest self, but with a little bit more sugar and spice. Let's have some juicy conversations about what that evolution gets to look like, no matter where you are in your journey, as long as you are seeking good gut feelings, you are in the right place. I'd love to connect, so reach out on Instagram at Isabel Karitzis if we don't already know each other. And without further ado, let's go make some magic. Welcome back to the Good Gut Feelings podcast. This is your host, Isabel. Guys, I've been so excited to record this podcast episode. I wrote out all of these notes for it a couple of weeks ago, or actually over a month ago, um, and I never ended up hitting record because I just had this lingering feeling that there was so much left to learn, and I wasn't ready to record a podcast on everything I'd learned in my first year of being self-employed. And I was right because in the last month, there has been so much that has come through for me, so much that's just shown up in my life that I wasn't expecting a lot of lessons that I think the universe has been like shaking me, being like, when will you figure this out, are finally just like settling into my life over the past couple of weeks and I'm trying to keep up with it. I'm trying to like keep my head screwed on tight Um, and I'm fine. It's interesting. Being self-employed is like the – being self-employed when your business is you is the biggest trip you could ever go on. Um, My business is me. My business is my lessons, what I have energy for, what I'm craving to bring into this world – what I am moving through. My business is my ability to hold space for other people. My business depends a lot on my energy. And in the first year of business, I threw everything against the wall because I had no idea what was going to stick. And I was desperate to figure it out. I remember saying something to my mom, like before I quit my job at IBM of, you know, like I'm, I'm giving myself, you know, two months to hit this goal, this many clients, this much income. And if I don't hit it, then, you know, I'm no good at what I'm doing and I should just quit. LOL. Um, I still haven't hit for the record. I still haven't hit those numbers, those goals that I told my mom. And today me laughs a whole fucking lot at a year ago me because I just so naive, so brave, so courageous. I had no fucking idea what I was getting into, you guys. I had no fucking idea what I was getting into. For anyone who is new here, hi, I'm Isabel. I am a women's IBS and embodiment coach. I don't fucking know how to title myself. That doesn't even feel inclusive enough of what I do, what I use my energy for. Um, Labels are not feeling desirable to me in any capacity lately because I don't think they speak well to what I'm here to do, but that's kind of 
the gist of what I do. Um, And over a year ago, I quit my toxic ass full-time job at IBM. I was working, you know, eight to six. I had clients that were just energy vampires um, is a polite-ish way to put it. It was a very stressful work environment and they paid me a lot of money to keep me there and keep me quiet. Um, and I, at a certain point through the guidance of so many of the friends I've met on Instagram was encouraged to say, fuck it. I had enough saved to be okay on my own for a little bit. Um, and I ripped the bandaid off. My therapist and I started talking about what that would look like. Cause she knew how miserable I was at my job. Um, last November, like November of 2021, no, 2020, November of 2020. Um, and I was like, yo, I don't know. I need to quit, but like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I get another job. And she was like, excuse me, miss girl, do you not have a social media following? Do you not have yoga teacher certifications and health coaching certifications? Do you not have years of research under your belt on IBS and gut health? Do you not love working with people, helping people, teaching people? Can you open your fucking eyes? Thank you, therapist. Thank you, Jacqueline. Um, And so I decided to take on coaching full time and coaching plus influencing, working with brands. um, All of these things were kind of like at the surface. And I just jumped deep into the fucking deep end. And uh, about a month later, I met one of my really good friends, Jessie Golden. She's been on the podcast. She guides women through intuitive eating and um, sustainable physique goals. And she had just moved to New York and she was telling me, you know, how she made sustainable income. And I, at that point, I had next to zero plans. My plan was just to take on as many one-on-one clients as I could until I had enough money to keep living my life at the same standards that I had when I was working at IBM. So essentially, I was just like transitioning in my mind. I was like, I'm just going to transition what I do for work and everything else is going to stay the same because I should be able to figure this out. And if I can't figure this out, I'm not a good coach. I'm on the wrong path. You know, pivot again quickly. And I was so wrong. Um, I had no idea what being self-employed entailed. I had friends who ran um, group courses. And what I learned from Jesse was that you could run self-paced courses that you sell through webinars, which is what I do with my Good Gut Fundamentals course. And I was slowly learning through business coaches on TikTok and just through you know, social media and finding coaches and looking at what other people were doing, I was slowly learning like what you could do in the space. And the entire abyss opened up to me. Um, And something that I'm not very good at admitting, something that I'm not very good at admitting to anybody else or to myself is that I am such a perfectionist. It's the most fucked up twisted thing. Um, I am a perfectionist in the sense that I want to be able to get it all done and make it look easy. I don't know why that's my shtick. I need to do some work on that. Um, but it's the last thing I'm willing to admit about myself. And it's only something that I've recently come to be confronted with where in the past year, I launched two courses 
started a podcast, grew my TikTok following, started taking one-on-one clients, sold an ebook. Like I've done so much of what you can do out there and I'm <laughs> releasing something else that I'm really excited about in a couple of weeks. Um, I spread my energy to every corner of the world because I thought that's what I had to do to be a good business owner. I worked with brands. I, in any area that I thought I was supposed to be in, I was there. And I think I really went um, above and beyond what I could handle. And I wanted to do it all and I wanted to make it look easy. I wanted to do it all and I wanted it to be easy. I wanted to make it look easy and it to be easy. And I think both of those things are doable, but the way I tried to get there was by skipping all of the lessons that business owners need to learn and need to embody. I thought I could get there without failure because there have because in other areas of my life throughout my entire life I have been so scared of failure that I have avoided it. I've quit before losing. I pull myself out of the game. I'm vulnerable enough to connect with others, but never enough to be truly seen. I keep my most fierce cards close to my chest. I know really well how to avoid failure in so many other areas of my life and in jumping off the deep end and starting this business, I didn't realize how much failure I would be signing up for just by means of being self-employed. And I'm not being hard on myself. I don't think that I am a failure. I don't think my business is a failure, but there are so many fucking lessons that I had to learn along the way that I refused to learn because if I learned them, that would mean I'd have to succumb to failing and succumb to admitting that and to admit that it hasn't been easy. And that is really uncomfortable for me. I want to be able to do it all and I want to be able to make it look seamless and effortless and at the expense of making my business run in this perfect way to meet these standards of life that I was holding for myself based on what I was doing and making and experiencing when I worked at IBM, um, I was like holding, uh, holding myself underwater, struggling to breathe. There have been so many lessons that I've learned in the last year, and I think I'm going to go through a list of about 10 that I, or that's not a lie, 14. <laughs> I'm going to go through a list of what I actually wrote down when I sat down to think about this. But the thing that I have been waiting to learn, the thing that I was like, I can't make this podcast because I think there's something I don't get yet is my relationship with money had to change 200,000 million percent. And my relationship with myself and my identity and putting myself first also had to change. When I started this business, I, you know, from the beginning of time, I am a chronic put everyone else first other than me-er. And I thought I could do the same thing in my business because it gotten me far enough, um, not in a way that I was happy, but it gotten me far enough. And I thought, okay, this must be how you do things in business too. 
I've seen so many role models in my life do it that way without acknowledging how burnt out they are, how tired they are, how stressed they are. And I think that's how I went into this. And I saw so many people on Instagram, which is just a highlight reel, doing things the way that I thought would work for me, not honoring my energy, not honoring the way that I wanted to do things. And because I wasn't honoring my energy and because I wasn't honoring the way that I intuitively felt pulled to do things, my business suffered and money became very, very stressful. Money has always been stressful for me, but when I was working at IBM, I didn't have to worry about it. It was one of the first times in my life where I didn't have to worry about money. It wasn't a conversation I had to have. It was just there and everything was okay. And I was still finding gratification and seeking happiness in in material bullshit because I was so unhappy in so many other areas of my life where money in from this nine to five just went out the other end because I so didn't care about where it came from. I so didn't feel like I earned it. I so didn't feel like it did anything for me. So I spent it on you know, I saved, I saved a lot and I spent the excess on things that I thought would make me happy. And in the moment up until I hit buy, that was the thrill thinking about wanting the thing leading up to buying the thing. And the second you hit purchase, you so don't care anymore and are sad again. And it took leaving my job, taking a drastic pay cut in my business, in my life to notice how I was continuing that cycle and being like, this isn't sustainable. And also the coolest thing happened because I realized how happy I was and how fulfilled I was in so many other areas of my life because I'd left my job. I was so fulfilled in how I was spending my time day to day. I was so fulfilled with the clients, the beautiful clients who took a leap of faith with me and trusted me. I was so fulfilled in what I was doing that the money habit of spending money on random bullshit took a while to break because it took a while to be like, wait, why am I doing this? This doesn't make me happy. And that's just been one of the most interesting lessons to learn over the last year because what that then revealed to me in conjunction with being in New York is that my priorities are so fucking different than what I thought they were. If you had asked me a year ago, I would say my priority is, you know, nice things, luxury, beautiful experiences. And, and I love all of those things. Um, I loved, you know, the idea of being in New York, being in a big city, being a city girl. I've always been a city girl. I grew up in the heart of a city. All of these things, you know, were just no brainers in my life. You know, no questions asked. This is just what I wanted. And what I've learned in the past year and having to really reevaluate my relationship with money in a way that I've needed to for a really long time, I have learned that my priorities, I think, are way fucking different than I thought they were. I think I've learned that there are stillness and space, space to create, spread out, space to get intuitive with my body. Something my therapist pointed out to me the other day is how much my experience in my body dictates my everyday life. And that is 
done through quality food, quality meals, and feeling good moving my body. And if you've been tuning into the podcast or Instagram, you know that recently I've been having a really hard time with food, Um, feeding myself nourishing food, feeding myself food that feels fresh, which is something that's kind of hard in New York because even if you go get the most fresh groceries, um, you know, they still have been sitting on a truck for however many hours or days and things go bad in like two seconds. Um, My experience in my body in New York has really been throwing me off and throwing my energy off. And we went to Austin a few weeks ago and I was like, oh my God, the sunshine, the fresh air, the space, space to create, space to slow down, space to put myself first that's what I fucking care about. Not like all the, not all the other bullshit. Um, and I'm still working on this relationship. That's why my thoughts are like not the most cohesive and coherent. But it's one of the biggest surprises that I've learned about myself um, through this leap into business that I didn't think I was going to have to learn because I thought I was going to quit and become a booming, roaring success and never have to think twice about money and just keep living the same life, just, you know, different job, all the things. No, my fucking whole life has turned upside down since I left IBM. And I regret nothing. I regret nothing, but I have so many questions. (laughs) So many questions for the universe, for myself. So many things I'm still chewing on and mulling over. And the other really big lesson is that my business needs to flow in conjunction with my energy. And I spent a really long time doing things the way I thought they were supposed to be doing, making the webinars, making the sales funnels, you know, doing what my friends were doing, doing what people I admired were doing, this program, then that program, then all of the things. And I am sitting here a year later with such a strong sense of self. And I look at my business and I'm like, where am I in my business? I have built all of these things that are beautiful courses that have been beautiful experiences with beautiful women. And I look around and I'm like, I love teaching. I love facilitating this transformation, but why am I doing it this way? Where am I in all of this? And I'm going to take some time to really think about that. Things that are lighting me up deeply, deeply, deeply right now are doing this podcast. I fucking love getting to connect with you all um, once a week and hopefully give you all some really good things to walk away with, inspire you, get you thinking about things, and get to share a little bit of my life with you too. Um, And doing the podcast, sharing on Instagram. I just got my TikTok back. I was locked out for three months. I'm really liking doing that. I love working with clients one-on-one so much. I miss it so deeply. I haven't been doing it in a few um, weeks. And one-on-one clients, which is where I started intuitively, where I was like, this is where I am going to shine, I've really let go of. And I made the decision to open back up my one-on-one program um, and take on a few more clients in the space of gut health meets nervous system meets relationship with self, holistic IBS healing. And I got away from that because I tried to go so fast and so big so quickly and 
I think I shot myself in the foot. <laughs> um, and I miss the way I was doing things before. I really do. So the next few months for me will probably look like a lot of returning to what my gifts are, where my energy is calling me to be, being a little bit more vulnerable, writing the way I used to write, bringing myself back to my business after a year that feels like a beautiful business without me. Um, And maybe you guys don't get the sense of that. And, you know, I hope that you don't. I hope you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say that. But for me, the energy is very different right now than where I started. And I want to get back to that place where I don't want to just be a coach. I want to be a person. I want to be somebody who you see as your sister or your friend, whose stories you get excited to see. I miss writing the way I used to write. I miss sharing the way I used to write. And I thought I couldn't have or do any of these things in order to be a successful coach. I thought that I needed to be strong and stoic and efficient and productive and effective and churn out offers and constantly be educating and inspiring and teaching and all of these things that, you know, there are a bunch of really great people out there in the world doing. When I quit my job a year ago to do this, there were there there was I think like one or two other gut health coaches. I did not see a single fucking person doing what I was doing. And I was like, cool, I've cornered the niche. I'm awesome. Lo and behold, you go on TikTok now and everybody is like, here's how you heal your gut health. And I, uh, you know, I don't like just adding noise to that because Um, what a lot of people who are sharing tips like that don't understand is that IBS and gut health are very different conversations and the population of people who are struggling so deeply are navigating IBS and their set of tips and tools are going to be different. And that's who I'm speaking to. I'm not just speaking to people who want to add more fiber and take a probiotic and get in front of their gut health. I'm talking to people who are fucking going through it who have abandoned themselves, whose nervous systems feel dysregulated, whose stress and people-pleasing and perfectionism and fixers and the masks that they wear need to come off so that you can feel safe, home, excited in your body. And that's at the root of so much IBS and that's who I'm talking to. So when I open up TikTok and I see people dancing and being like, avocado is going to fix it all. I'm like, God fucking damn it. What is happening here? Get me out of here. But it's what I signed up for and I'm just taking time to reevaluate. You know, I don't want to add more noise to the fucking world You can get so many tips on, you know, low FODMAP foods or whatever out there. I'm happy to keep sharing them. I will keep sharing them. But what is missing from the conversation is me and my perspective and what I have to offer you and the transformation that I help women step through from my unique vantage point. My philosophy, my research, my experience, my certifications your guidance, your intuition. I fucking miss doing that. And I don't just want to talk about what color banana you should eat and how many spots is too many spots because there are 200 million thousand people on TikTok doing it and it's enough. And I don't desire to beat them or be them or do things the way they do things. I just miss doing it my way. (sighs) 
And so those are the two biggest overarching lessons that I was waiting to settle into before I recorded this podcast because I I had an inkling that those were going to be my things, but I didn't quite know where to go with them and I had not learned the lessons and I'm still actively learning them, but I don't know. It didn't feel it didn't feel solidified yet, so it was really important to me to sit down and be like, "Hey, let's integrate. Let's integrate." The thing that I tell all of my clients is the most important step. Okay. So should we do the list now? The things that I sat down that I was like, here's what I wish I knew. The two things I just mentioned are things that if you told me a year ago, I would have been like, yeah, I've got it. Don't worry that I'm sitting here now being like, no, bitch, you did not get it. You should have worried. You never were going to get it. You had to learn it this way. So the two things I just talked about are just like, don't even matter in retrospect because they are my lessons for today that I had to learn over the last year. The next list that I am going to share with you is stuff that I wish was like given to me on day one, quit my job, started doing this. I wish this list was handed to me to be like, okay, here are the things you got to keep in mind this year. (sighs) Ready to do it. Number one, Though I couldn't necessarily afford to stay in therapy, it was the best investment I continued to make in myself. And I think perpetuated my ability, I know perpetuated my ability to be of service in this space. I was in therapy for a year and a half. And last year, when I quit my full time job, (laughs) my dumbass also stopped going to therapy because I was like, I've got it. Don't worry. And probably like three, four, five months later, came groveling back to my therapist being like, Jacqueline, I need you back. And she was like, all right, girl, let's go. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this moment. And I was like, great. So great to know you were just waiting for me to come back. Um, And so now I still see my therapist twice a month instead of every week to keep things a little more affordable for your girl but it is one of the most important things. And no, I can't really afford to be there, but I don't fucking care. It's going on the credit card. It is the best investment I could make in myself. I know it will get paid off somehow, some way, because investing in myself allows me to hold more space for my clients and be of service and be in leadership and do a good job at my fucking job. Number one, therapy. Number two, having people who just get it are invaluable. At the very beginning of doing this, I had no idea about anything. And I mentioned before, like I threw everything against the wall and was like, well, something's going to stick, I guess, maybe, I don't know. And all of the questions that came with all of those things, being seen and trolled on social media, you got to have a support system for that. The first time I went viral on TikTok, I wanted to fucking puke. I was getting so badly cyberbullied, and Ian, my boyfriend, was like, um, you should just chill out. Like, you, should, it, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, sucks, but, like, can you just not care? And I was like, um, <laughs> no. I'm having a literal panic attack. I'm being cyberbullied by half a million people. What the fuck? And having people to go to who I, who just, who've been there, who get it, who know how, who know how that feels, and to be able to tell me, like, take a deep breath, 
They're fucking dungeon trolls. It doesn't matter. You're fine. You're an integrity. But like the initiation of being seen on the internet and not having everybody like or agree with you is a trip. It is a trip. It is the fastest initiation, I think, into maturity because at a certain point when you're a content creator, in order to be successful, you literally cannot give a shit what anyone thinks. You have to be responsible to yourself and to your clients. You can't be an asshole. You can't be lying. You can't be peddling snake oil. You can't be doing things out of integrity. And if you are, your business is going to collapse and your self-esteem is going to collapse and your relationships are going to collapse very quickly. Um, It's just not sustainable. And so I don't worry about people like that because they're not going to get very far. But when you are in integrity and you are sharing things that you set a good intention with and you share with a good heart and people don't understand or choose to misunderstand, it's fucking painful. And it has to, you have to learn how to let it not be so painful because as a creator, you know, the way I started out this episode, my business, I am my business. And when I choose to give my energy to people who refuse to understand me, then I am doing a disservice to everybody who does understand me. Having people who get that and hold that mirror up to me is one of the most, uh, God, one of the things I'm most grateful for in this experience. Number three, this one is a general one that goes along with, I think, just growing up and being human and not necessarily specific to business, but Having people who know how to listen without wanting or needing to fix it for you are invaluable. One of the best questions you can ask somebody is, do you want me to listen? Do you want a listening supportive ear or do you want me to help you come up with a solution? That is the most supportive question you can ask your partner your friends, your coworkers, anyone who you are in a relationship with, whose outcomes you care about. Having people in your life who don't know how to just listen and who immediately go into fix-it mode is really exhausting because you don't want to share with them any longer. Um, Because at a certain point when their solution doesn't actually match what you need, It becomes your emotional responsibility to let them down easy. And if you don't and they get upset, like now you're juggling another ball Um, and it's exhausting. What is the most supportive thing you can do for a friend or for yourself and training other people to ask you this question is just to be open, start conversations or start feedback with, do you want a listening ear? Do you want me to support you or do you want my feedback? Do you want... To help brainstorming, do you want ideas? What do you need from me in this conversation? For most entrepreneurs, I think, most of the time, for most people, maybe most of the time, we just want someone to listen and to validate us and to go, I bet that does feel like fucking shit. I bet that hurts. I bet that's confusing. I bet that's overwhelming. I'm here for you if you need to vent, if you need to cry, if you need to scream into the void. I have had friends who have no idea how my business works, say, you know, I'm more than happy to act as a sounding board for you if you just want someone to bounce ideas off of. I'm here just to listen, to hold space for you. That means so fucking much to me. 
to all of my friends who have ever said that I love you if you're listening. Um, And if you have someone in your life who is working on a dream of theirs, add that question into your arsenal of communication tools. Number four. This one I think has taken me up until this point and kind of bleeds into the thing I was saying at the very beginning. The way other people do things will never be your recipe for success in their structure, in their habits, in their personality, in what they're able to produce and churn out. Everything you could imagine, the way other people do things, is never going to be your recipe for success. Certain bones might make sense, copied and pasted onto your business, but it's never going to be your thing. And I think that's one of the most difficult initiations about business and leadership is you have to be ruthless in finding your special sauce, your authentic whatever it is. Um, And the more time I spent neglecting that truth, the deeper and deeper into you know, honestly, failures I got. The, the more the more things just didn't feel like they were in resonance. The more times I sat and was like, why isn't it working? I don't get it. Why isn't it working? It's because I wasn't coming and creating from a place that was authentically my own. Um, I wasn't thinking about things my way. I was using other people's frameworks, business coaches' frameworks to think about things. And stuff that didn't feel, you know, right in my body. And I did it because I was like, that's how I'm supposed to do business. It's how it's supposed to work, right? And when it didn't work because it didn't feel in integrity with me, I was like, I don't get it. And like, bitch, it didn't work because it didn't come from you. It didn't come from your heart. That lesson, I think, will take some people no time to learn and other people ages to learn. And it's one that we see a lot on social media. I have had people rip off my concepts, my captions, almost word for word. Things in the gut health and IBS space that have literally come from my own brain after years of research and experience that I then see in other people's lists and three tips and whatever. And I'm like, this came from my fucking noggin, girl. You just took my noggin juice and made it into your business. And that's not sustainable. It's just not. And guess what? I've done the same thing too. We are all learning from each other in this space. And I think that's probably one of the most beautiful things and most dangerous things. Because at a certain point, we are all just regurgitating the same juice that everyone else is drinking if you don't spend time to get still and get quiet and think about what feels right for you, your community, your audience, your experience, your brand. You have to spend time disconnecting from social media and asking yourself what you really think about things. That's like the best and biggest piece of advice I could ever give anybody starting a business. Disconnect from social media Spend time thinking about what you think and how you want to do things. Number five. Oh, people brag about numbers without disclosing losses or expenses or how many people are on their team or what they spend on marketing. 
Everyone's relationship with money is different. And the internet makes things very weird in that arena. So just keep that in mind. When you see big flashy numbers or so many places I could take this. Fucking keep your eyes on your side of the road. Keep your eyes on your lane. Stop looking at other people. Stop copying and pasting. You know, let me back up. It's really nice to have expanders in business to go, oh, they did that. So I know in some world it's got to be possible for me. That same pressure to keep expanders in my rearview mirror who are doing that also drove me fucking nuts. Because every time I didn't hit that, I was like, what's wrong with me? How do I do more of what they're doing? And it never worked. And it was exhausting and painful and stopped me from learning the lessons that I needed to learn about my relationship with money. Everyone's relationship with money is different and unique. Stop looking at other people's papers. (sighs) Number six. Number six goes a little bit with number four because I went on a slight rant there. (laughs) No surprise. It literally doesn't matter at all what other people are doing. In your niche, in your field, in your corner of the world, unless you're like a doctor and need to follow protocols and there are like theories and procedures, you know, you know if this applies to you or not. Here's the thing. Your own thought leadership and personality are invaluable additions that the right people will rally behind. Don't forget that. So many people are like, put yourself first. Like your energy is what matters. Like I've been saying that I've been hammering that home on this podcast, but like, I need you to really listen to that. Because things are only going to start working when you embody that and you take that so seriously. I didn't for a really long time because I thought I didn't have to. I was like, oh, I'm myself. I'm doing things my way, just like with the guidance of other people. Yeah, guidance is fine. Guidance is great. But like, you gotta, you gotta be you. Number seven integration of the investments you make in yourself is a crucial step that feels so much better to not do. You pay for the course, you learn it all in your brain, you're like, I have all this information, and then you don't do jack shit with it. No, ma'am. Stop throwing away money. Stop throwing money behind problems that you're not actually ready to fix. And when you do invest money into something, integrate what you learn from your investments before diving into the next thing. I have women who have taken the Good Gut Fundamentals course who still slide into my inbox and they're like this, this, and this. I'm like, Miss Girl, I know that you took the course. Where is this? Where are you doing this in your life? And they're like, I'm not. And I'm like, well, that's your answer. You are learning without integrating because integrating is scary. It's so scary to take aligned action. And this is where you need to be brave, have courage, and be resilient. Number eight, I also couldn't necessarily afford to go back to yoga. But it was also one of the best investments that I chose to make in myself and perpetuated my ability to be of service. One of the biggest lessons that I have learned is that I come first. Filling my cup so that I can pour from a full cup comes first. Yoga is one of the ways that does that. 
By me going to yoga, I set myself up to be more successful as a coach, as a mentor, as a leader. I set myself up to make more money by going to yoga, and that's not a joke. I wish I knew that earlier because I spent like eight months not going back to the studio thinking I couldn't afford it and watching my energy just leak out of every fucking hole in my body. And I was like, I don't get it. Why do I feel so tired and strung out and not like myself? When I am not going to my mat regularly and I'm not intuitively moving my body regularly, my entire energy goes to shit. And so I couldn't necessarily afford to go back to yoga, but I figured out a way to make it work. And now I'm back. And now I'm teaching. It opened up another door for me. And I'm really glad that I have this practice that I gifted myself from my younger self. One of the best gifts I've ever given myself was investing in my yoga practice as somebody who literally goes to yoga and practices yoga, um, but also as a teacher, getting my 200 hour, because now I have this skill that I can facilitate and teach and use. And that's a gift I gave myself so many years ago. And I'm so grateful that I did that. Number nine, this one is like a major um, podcast question. I'm always asked this one when I'm on other people's podcasts. What's your morning routine? And my response lately has been um, kind of fuck a morning routine. Morning routines don't really work for me. I have morning, more so I have morning goals. And maybe I am switching my perspective to that. My morning goals are to get up without being on my phone. I have a hatch alarm clock. It's fucking amazing. I get up without my phone. I have water, brush my teeth, put my contacts in, and make coffee before I touch my phone. I cannot touch my phone until I've done those things. Happens most of the time. Happens 99% of the time. Um, My other morning goal is to either meditate or journal. And my last and new morning goal is to get outside myself in the morning. So maybe that's going to the gym, going to yoga, going on a walk, but I need to get into my body and out of my mind in the mornings. Otherwise, I feel like I'm locked in a rubber room in an insane asylum. It does not work for me to be inside and not moving my body. And it's just, it's a shit show. I've tried that for months and it, it imploded. I imploded. Okay. Number 10. This one took a really long time to work out because, um, I didn't have permission in a certain sense. And I just like, didn't really know. I didn't know anything, you know? Number 10 is that right now, Thursdays and Saturdays are my weekends. Um, and what typically, <laughs> what typically happens is that I sit down on Sunday and I like getting prepped for the week, making my to-do list, you know, responding to quick emails, doing any quick tasks. And Monday through, you know, Wednesday, I work through that to-do list and I, I get it done. And then Thursday comes around and I'm like, and I, I intentionally um, block off my calendar on Thursdays so that I can't take meetings. I can't take client calls. Thursdays are open. Thursdays were meant to be my creative day. And then I forgot that I set that intention. And so now I get to Thursdays and I'm like <laughs> um, doom spiral time because I have space and space is scary when you're accustomed to working, going to school, Monday through Friday, you know, Thursday is just a day in the week that you're supposed to do shit. And for me, 
Thursdays are open and taking advantage of that has been very bewildering and I always forget to do it. And so Thursdays are very doom spirally for me. Um, and then, you know, it takes about four hours for me to be like, wait, it's Thursday. This is like my Saturday. This is like my weekend. I'm allowed to have Thursdays. Go enjoy it. Um, and then Saturdays, you know, I like Saturdays, but I like working on Sundays. So as an entrepreneur, your slow days where you need to build in rest might look totally different than what you expect. And it might be totally bewildering because it goes against what we have grown up doing. And it took me, you know, a year to adjust to the fact that I gave myself Thursdays off and I can take them if I want. <sighs> 11. This is another just general life one. The more lows you ride out, the more you realize that lows don't last forever and they certainly don't have to mean anything. Bad days are often just that. They're often just bad days. And what makes them last longer than a day is the thoughts that you attach to those bad days. And so my mindfulness practice has been huge in keeping me sane over the last year. Number 12 is that money and happiness are not as correlated as I thought. This was a very and is a very hard lesson for me to learn because I have to actively work on changing my relationship to happiness and fulfillment and contentment and where that comes from. For some reason, for a very long time, I thought it was material things. I am learning that that is infinitely exponentially incorrect. I have never had such unstable income as I do in this moment, and I have never been this happy. It's very odd to me. It's incredibly odd to me, but I'm into it. Okay, two more to go. Number 13, every single time I doubt myself or what I'm doing, I am greeted with a cosmic blast of gratitude from this community at the right time, all the time. It is wild to me that when I go low, when I am nervous, someone, some of you somehow shows up in my inbox with love, with gratitude, with validation, and I don't know how it happens, but you see where I am, you feel where I am, and you meet me where I am, and I'm so damn grateful because you nurture me all the time. I love you all so much more than I can put into words. I really do. This community means so much to me, and I hope that in coming back to myself and in creating in the way that I want to create and I feel is right, you all feel more seen than ever before. Makes me really happy to see the way that you all nurture one another, especially in the group programs that I've run in the past and take aligned action because what I do here makes you feel brave and safe enough to vote for yourself and hearing how you feel on the other side of doing that will never get old ever, ever, ever. It is the best feeling to get a DM from one of you saying, I did this thing. I've been working on 
this thing. I've been being a little bit more selfish. I have been going to yoga. I have been treating myself and I feel fucking amazing. I've never felt this good before. Those messages where you honor yourself with the encouragement that I've given you or somebody in this community has given you is like crack. It is the best feeling that I could ever envision. Last but not least, something that I think will probably um, take forever to learn, but that's just like good things literally just take time. I think I went into this year of business thinking that I could hack it all because I'm smart and I've been successful in my life and I'm very privileged and all of these things are stacked in my favor for me to not have to fail. And it's not for lack of trying, you know, but a lot of things have not worked out the way that I wanted them to. And that is okay because it has to be okay. And I know that the right way for me to be an entrepreneur, a leader, a coach, a healer, a teacher, a woman, I know that all of those things will appear in the right time. And I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know that forcing it has and will get me nowhere. As a generator with a sacral authority, it is in my best interest to wait to respond, wait for an invitation before sharing all that I know, which is why I have an application for my one-on-one coaching. I want you to be ready. I want you to want it. I'm not going to go hunting you down. It is why I am working on the next project that I'm working on because it is something that so many of you have asked me for over and over and over. And this is the first project that I am working on that you all have have requested of me other than the podcast. A lot of you wanted the podcast and I'm so glad that we did that. Um, But this next thing that I'm coming out with will be a very big focus for me and it is one of the first and only things that you guys have been like, we really want this. And I was like, cool, the timing feels right. And I really want to do that. So let's do that. Thank you for being here with me. This year has been interesting. It has been wild. I have learned, I have learned about as much as I thought I would learn. Like, I'm not surprised at how much I've learned, but I am so surprised at what I've learned and the nature of what I've learned. I think that's where I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea to expect this, that's where I get really tripped up, you know, so much about what I've learned and this experience is about myself, even though it all, you know, the catalyst for all of it was having and creating a business. I never expected to be in this place where I would be reevaluating my relationship with money and identity and what makes me happy and where I think I want to live and how I want to create, how I want to help people, how I want to coach how I'm influenced and saying, fuck the way everyone else does things. I never thought I would be in this place. I never thought that this journey of building a business and then the subsequent journey of self would lead me to where I am now sharing these things with you. I'm, you know, (laughs) just surprised. I'm grateful. I love the lessons I'm learning. I'm so grateful for them. I get excited. It's just such a weird thing, but I get really excited to keep learning the lessons that I'm currently learning because each moment that I spend integrating the lessons from these failures, the happier, the truly more content I find myself being. 
And that wouldn't be possible without deciding to leap, to make the responsibly irresponsible decision to quit my job, quit stability, quit the 401k, quit the societal acceptance, quit all of the things that I could just, you know, say, I do this. And people would be like, awesome, you know, and on to the next topic. Now when people ask me what I do, it's a whole, whole fucking thing. And anyone who's an entrepreneur gets it, you know, it's, it's such an expansion of who you are and an invitation to show up and own it. Because if you don't, you disappear. And it is such a challenge and a reminder to keep coming back to my own energy and putting myself first and pouring from a full cup and making sure that the way I fill my cup is actually authentic to what I need and not just what I've been told to do. And so if anyone walks away with anything, any kind of permission slip, any fire under their ass, I hope it's that you feel a little bit more encouraged to do things the way that you want to do them and not the way that you are told. Because everyone's magic comes from within and the right people who need you and who see you and who will be the most transformed by you will come when you show up as yourself and lead from the heart. I'm so grateful to have you all here. Next week, we are doing a guided IBS healing meditation. So I'm giving you a heads up in case maybe next Tuesday you have 30 minutes to carve out for you to dive into that meditation. The last guided meditation that I released on the podcast was one of the most listened to pod, excuse me, podcast episodes that I've ever released. You guys loved the future self-guided meditation. And so this is a future self-healing IBS meditation. And I know that you guys are going to love it. It was beautiful to record. I'm really excited to share it with you. So mark some time on your calendar next Tuesday. I will see you back here. Love you so much.